chapter twenty two of the stowmarket mystery or a legacy of hate by lewis tracy this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by caroline chapter twenty two the second attack mrs smith was accustomed to her master's occasional freaks in the matter of dinner her husband aided by long experience knew whether brett's immediately meant one minute or five or even fifteen this time he gave his wife the longest limit so in addition to the chicken a bird whose unhappy attribute is a facility for being devoured with the utmost speed a mixed grill of cutlets bacon and french sausages appeared on the table the diners were hungry and the good things were appreciated it was well that they wasted no time on mere words they were still intent on the feast when a boy messenger brought a note it was from helen written in pencil david was coming to see you when he was attacked can you come to us at once h l p s david is all right only shaken and covered with mud it occurred five minutes ago dear me said brett dear me there was such a hiss of concentrated fury in his voice that winter was puzzled to account for the harmless expression the barrister had twice used the detective knew that his distinguished friend never by any chance indulged in strong language yet something had annoyed him so greatly that a more powerful expletive would have had a very natural sound brett glared at him it is evident he said that you do not know the meaning of dear me it is simply the english form of the italian o dio mio and a literal translation would shock you it doesn't appear that much damage has been done to your client gasped winter for brett had unceremoniously dragged him from his chair with the intention of rushing downstairs forthwith they hurried out together and dashed into the waiting hansom think of it winter groaned the barrister whilst we were seduced by a dorking and a french sausage in unholy alliance the very man we wanted was waiting in northumberland avenue you are avenged all my jibes and sneers at scotland yard recoil on my own head i might have known that such a desperate scoundrel would soon make another attempt and next time upon the right person you followed mrs giro i am led astray by a cooked fowl oh winter winter who could suspect such depravity in a roasted chicken i am dashed if i can guess what you are driving at 
growled the detective no i understand the blood has left your brain and gone to your stomach you will not be able to think for hours raving thus in disjointed sentences that winter could not make head or tail of brett refused to be explicit until they reached the hotel when he discharged the cabman with a payment that caused the gentleman on the perch to spit on the palm of his hand in great glee whilst he promptly wheeled the horse in the direction of his livery stables they were met by david himself seated in the foyer by the side of helen who looked white and frightened this chap is a terror began hume once they were safe in the privacy of their sitting-room i would never have believed such things were possible in london if they had not actually happened to robert and me to-day we had dinner rather early and dined in private as robert is feeling stiff now after this morning's adventure margaret suggested where is mrs capella interrupted the barrister miss leighton answered she is with mr fraser they have found a quiet corner of the ladies smoking-room i mean the smoking-room where ladies go and we have not told them yet what has happened to davy well resumed hume margaret's idea is that we should all leave here for the north to-morrow she wanted you to approve of the arrangement so i got into a hansom and started for your chambers it was raining a little and the street was full of traffic the driver asked if i would like the window closed but i would sooner face a tiger than drive through london in a boxed-up hansom so i refused the middle of the road you know has a long line of waiting cabs broken by occasional crossing-places the horse was just getting into a trot when a man wrapped in a mackintosh ran alongside caught the off rein in the crook of his stick swung the poor beast right round through one of the gaps in the rank and down we went horse cab driver and myself in front of a brewer's dray luckily for me and the driver we were flung right over the smash into the gutter for the big heavy van ran into the fallen hansom crushed it like a match-box and killed the horse had the window been closed well it wasn't so there's no need for romancing poor nelly clung to her lover as if to assure herself that he was really uninjured did you see your assistant clearly unfortunately no the side windows were blurred with rain and i was trying to strike a match the first thing i was conscious of was a violent swerve i looked up saw a tall cloaked figure 
wrenching at the reins with a crooked stick and over we went i fell into a bed of mud it absolutely blinded me i jumped up and fancying that the black guard ran up northumberland street i dashed after him i cannoned against some passer-by and we both fell a news-runner who witnessed the affair did go after the cause of it and received such a knock-out blow on the jaw that he was hardly able to speak when found by a policeman where is this man now with the cabman in a small hotel across the road i had not the nerve to bring them here if we have any more adventures the management will turn us out i fancy they think our behaviour is hardly respectable the instant robert or i endeavour to leave the door we are used to clean up a portion of the roadway miss leighton would you mind joining the others for a few minutes mr hume is going out with mr winter and myself the barrister's request took helen by surprise is there any need for further risk she faltered moreover margaret will see at once that something has gone wrong i am a poor hand at deception where where davy is concerned have no fear tell them everything mr hume will be very seriously injured in to-morrow morning's papers this expert in street accidents must be led to believe he has succeeded in any case aided by a miserable foul he is far enough from here at this moment we will return in twenty minutes the girl was so agitated that she hardly noticed brett's words but their purport reassured her and she left them the three men passed out into the drizzling rain owing to the strand being up a continuous stream of traffic flowed through the avenue hume pointed out the gap through which the horse was forced and then they darted across the roadway i fell here he said indicating a muddy flood of road scrapings in which were embedded many splinters from the wreckage of the hansom brett careless of the amazement he caused to hurrying pedestrians waded through the bed of mud kicking up any objects encountered by his feet he uttered an exclamation of triumph when he produced a stick from the depth i thought i should find it he said when the horse fell it was a hundred to one against the stick being extricated from the reins and its owner could not wait an instant you and the stick my dear hume lay close together a small crowd was gathering the barrister laughed gentlemen he said why are you so surprised which of you would not dirty his boots to recover such a valuable article as this 
some people grinned sympathetically they all moved away in an upper room of the neighbouring public-house were a suffering runner and a disconsolate cabby the runner could tell them nothing tangible concerning the man he pursued i saw him bring the horse down like a bullock he whispered for the poor fellow had received a terrible blow i went after him dodged round the first corner and me, he gave me a punch that would have arted corbett what with his fist inquired brett nah governor his heel blast him i could have dodged a square blow i can use my dukes a bit myself what was the value of the punch the youth tried to smile though the effort tortured him it was worth half a thick on at least governor hume gave him two sovereigns and the runner could not have been more taken aback had the donor landed him on the sound jaw and now you said brett to the cabman what did you see me with a snort of indignation little over an hour ago i saw a smart cab and a tidy little nag what i give thirty quid for at watts in the edgware road a fortnight last tuesday and what do i see now mary le bone workers for me and the missus and the kids my cab gone my best horse killed and a poor old crock left worth about enough to pay the week's stablin i see a lot i do the man was telling the truth he was blear-eyed with misery brett looked at hume and the latter rang a bell he asked the waiter for a pen and ink how much did your cab cost he said to the driver who was so downcast that he actually failed to correctly interpret david's action the question had to be repeated before an answer came it wasn't a new one mister i was just making a start i give fifty-five pounds for it and three pound ten to have it done up but there what's the use of talkin i'm off home i am to face the missus wait just a little while said david kindly you hardly understand this business the madman who attacked us meant to injure me not you here is a cheque for one hundred pounds which will not only replace your horse and cab but leave you a little over for the loss of your time winter caught the dazed cabman by the shoulder billy he said you know me are you going home or are you going to get drunk billy hesitated going home he vociferated Selp me one moment said brett surely you have some idea of the appearance of the rascal who pulled your horse over the man was alternately surveying the cheque and looking into the face of his benefactor 
i dunno he cried after a pause i feel a bit mixed this gentleman here has acted as square as ever man did he comes of a good stock he does and yet i umbly ask your pardon sir but the fellow who tried to kill you and me might have been your own brother End of chapter twenty two